Welcome to Tigers Uncaged, powered by Windsor Plywood, the experts you need to know. Jesse and Lance are talking Tigers with the voice of the Tigers, Gino DiPaoli. Oh my goodness! Tiger players, coaches, and WHL insiders across the league. Tigers Uncaged. Starts now. Tigers Uncaged. Welcome inside another edition. Mm-hmm. Tigers Uncaged. Powered by That's our good right. friends at Windsor Plywood. The experts you need to know. We love the fact that they're attached to this, this Absolutely. season. Absolutely. Uh, we got a lot of stuff that we got to get into. Tigers are getting set for a very, very busy week. Uh, Wednesday didn't really go the way that the Tigers probably wanted it to go going into Regina. Mm, yeah, not ideal. But there was a little bit of a... Uh, some shenanigans going on Yeah, on the road trip there. Gino's going to join us in the podcast, and uh, he'll discuss that. We'll talk about you know the week that was, especially the uh, the game against uh, Saskatoon at home, right? which Tigers uh, could have walked away with a win. They lost that in uh, overtime, but we'll talk to Gino about that. Uh, also, we're going to talk to uh, James Gallo mm-hmm. from the Moose Jaw Warriors. Very excited for this conversation. Yeah, it's a good one. Talking uh, about Moose Jaw and where they're at, and James, a, a veteran of the league, has been around the Western Hockey League for a lot of years. And after we had the conversation, the Warriors went and wanted to make some trades. They did so, make some moves. So that's nice of them that that we had the conversation with James, and then in the subsequent 24 hours after, they made two trades. Made some big moves, too. That mm-hmm. one with Victoria, they're saying blockbuster trade. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we can we, talk about that, I guess, at the end of the podcast. But. And we kind of hinted at the fact, like, is this going to be the year that Moose Jaw maybe goes all in? Because on paper, Moose Jaw Warriors, to me, seem like a very dangerous team. Yeah. But years past, they've always seemed dangerous. They've never really done anything. Yeah, That's not a knock on Moose Jaw. step. Yeah. So, it's wide open. So we, we asked about it, thinking that there's something there. And uh, it turns out there was. There was. So yeah. we'll talk about that. Also, uh, we got a chance. For the first time, which we turned a lot of people's heads last Tuesday yeah. when we showed up at Media Day. Yeah, we went to the Media Avails. Well, it's not, yeah, not Media Day. Well, it's just, kind of Media Day. Well, no. It is a day, it, Tuesday, yeah. and but we were there for Media Day. Day sounds like it's a special one-time event. It's, well, we were there. That, well, that was just the first for us. <laughs> media Avails. They happen every, every, almost every day in the week. Yeah. So we went. We didn't actually record anything, but... No. But Lisa from... From Chat TV did for us. Lisa yeah, we, Parent. we appreciate Lisa for doing this because she asked the question that we kind of wanted to know because it was big news yeah. that the Medicine Hat Tigers were on the CHL top 10 rankings. That's right. Yeah, they number came 10. At number 10. Uh-huh. And so she asked Willie what that felt like and if the players kind of look into that or if it's too early in the season. You know, it's funny because it doesn't mean anything, but it does mean something to us. Uh, I think we've worked really hard to get back again. Um, you know, we got a long, long ways to go. Like, uh, are we a top 10 team? I don't know for a top 10 team. We got, we got a long ways to go yet. But it's, it's really nice to be rewarded for putting the effort in we have so far. Um, I, I don't put a lot of stock into those rankings. But it's just nice that, you know, we, we're not in the bottom 10 anymore. Like, we've moved. And that's, that's a nice thing. So I think it's great for our guys. Um, uh, we just have to get a lot better. I would like to see the Tigers maybe, if they win Friday, Saturday, maybe that bumps them up a little bit. Could. It could. I, I mean, the entire Eastern Conference right now is just weird, right? Like, the it Tigers is. going into, I think, the game against Regina were leading the conference in points, and it was just a very strange situation. You had some good teams that were at the lower end of the standings. Edmonton wins games still somehow. Yeah, I, I don't understand that. Regina don't winning game, forever. I don't know how that's happening. But... Uh, 
but it, regardless, it's just cool to see that you know they're back in the top ten, just from a, a league recognition point of view, right? That's that's pretty darn impressive to to be put on that pedestal by uh, by a lot of teams across the league. Definitely. More on the way. Tigers Uncaged, powered by Windsor Plywood. More hockey talk on the way. Let's go, boys! It's Tigers Uncaged, powered by Windsor Plywood. The experts you need to know. When it comes to building or renovating, Windsor Plywood can put you on the power play. Their experienced and knowledgeable staff will help you find the finishing products you need to score big on your next project. From doors to floors and all the plywood in between, Windsor Plywood is the first choice for contractors and do-it-yourselfers. Visit Windsor Plywood today. Open 8 to 5 Monday to Friday and 9 to 1 Saturday at 2101 10th Avenue Southwest in Medicine Hat. Proud sponsor of Tigers Uncaged. More Tigers Uncaged with Jesse and Lance. Powered by Windsor Plywood, the experts you need to know. Welcome back to Tigers Uncaged. Of course, powered by our good friends at Windsor Plywood. They are the experts that you need to know. Yeah, I, I do. I do need to know them. Need to know. You need also need to know more. Need to know as we are early into the season, we need to know who our opponents no. are going to be. And Saturday night, we have a big one coming to Co-op Place. Mm-hmm. And on the line, we have the voice of the three and two, as we're recording. Yeah. Moose Jaw Warriors, James Gallo hey. on the line. Good morning, buddy. Good morning, guys. How are you doing today? I'm I'm doing very well. I'm surprised that uh, that you said yes to us two dummies. So this is great. Uh, <laughs> but but we have been we'll told. We'll see how it goes, and then we'll worry about the next time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> I was going to say, we've been told not to pump your tires, but we're talking to one of the best in the league. So it, it truly is a pleasure to, to have you on here, James. Just uh, I get jumping right into it, kind of. That where is the expectation internally with with the the Moose Warriors this season? Because it feels like, on an external point of view, the the Eastern Conference as a whole is wide open. Yeah, you know what? I think Eastern Conference completely wide open. If you if you go back to seventeen eighteen, when the Warriors won the Scotty Monroe, and that was the year that you know Swift won the league title, Regina was the Memorial Cup host. Uh, all three teams were loaded up. There was teams out west that were loaded up. Since then, you've had, let's say, two to four super teams across the Western Hockey League that you could easily identify at the start of the season that they were all in. This is the first year since then that I can think of. There are no super teams coming into the season. That could change as, as the weeks and months go by, but it's so open that I've told a lot of guys, I think there's there's probably – you know, half the league thinks that they could be the last team standing in May, and I love it. I think it's great. It means that every game matters. You know, it's just like Saturday night against Medicine Hat. It's a big game between two teams that feel that, you know, they have expectations to make the playoffs and, and to probably make a push. So it, it just it brings more excitement to every game, and I think it's great this year. Well, I mean, as we're recording this right now, we're looking at two teams that are in the CHL top 10. Yeah. You have the Moose Shaw Warriors that are clocking in at number four, which they started the season 0-2, but they had a very good bounce back since. Yeah. The Tigers are sitting at number 10. Is it too early? Like, do the boys sit there and have a little feather in their cap in number four, or is it too early that you really can't take it seriously? You know, I'm still, I've been in this league for almost 25 years, and I still don't know who votes on that. So <laughs> I, don't, uh, I, don't know, I don't know how much the players take, in, take stock into that. I know, you know the coaches and the general managers. You could probably ask Willie Desjardins the same thing. I don't think they look too much into that because it, it's October, right? We're only you know, two, three weeks into the regular season. No one really looks too big into those scenarios. Yeah, it's great. It's good marketing tools. It's great for Saturday. 
to, to mark the fact that you have two nationally ranked teams, but I don't think uh, players or coaches really read too much into those things. And, you know, as you know well, when you're going to you know make a serious run in this league, it starts at the top with your, your eldest players, the veterans in your group, and, and really the 20s. Uh, with Eric Allery, Atlee Calvert, and Lucas Brenton, just what is that 20-year-old group like in Moose Jaw? Uh, experienced in leadership. I think that's the best way to describe it. Um, you know, all three guys have grown up as Moose Jaw Warriors. Yeah, Atlee Calvert being a local Moose Jaw Warrior. Um, your 20-year-olds, your 19-year-olds, they got to play a big part in success, and they have to drive the bus. That's a big key. Um, you know, a lot of people will, will say that success comes with the older players, and that's what the Moose Jaw Warriors are hoping can happen. They feel they've got some pretty good players in those older age groups. Maybe not as many as they would like, especially in the 19-year-old age group, but uh, still the guys that they have they feel are, are difference makers, and that's a big thing. Now, we've talked about Moose Jaw on this podcast a lot because Moose Jaw has always been that team that, on paper, you look at that team and they look really good, but then they yeah. haven't had that season that you've expected from them. you got to look at the squad this year – and I would put Moose Jaw as one of the top teams. Are the boys sitting there with a little bit of a feather in their cap for this year? Yeah, there's a lot of sexy names on the roster. I'll tell you that. That's, mm-hmm. that's one way to describe it. I think uh, I think the players have done a good job managing uh, preseason expectations. You know, they just want to go, you know, the typical answers day-to-day, game-to-game, practice-to-practice. They don't want to get uh, too far ahead of themselves. They just want to grow as a group, even though they're already pretty tight. Um, you know, but the players, just like any, they're pretty low-key, right? I mean, it's that's what I love about uh, my job, getting to know their personalities. And, and these, most guys are pretty low-key. They don't get too wrapped up in, in hype. You know, they, they're focused on, you know, what they're binging on the bus and what, you know, Call of Duty game they're playing currently. Yeah, I mean that's kind of like us too. Just yeah. what kind of Call of Duty game? <laughs> Was it? Some... Hey, don't get me wrong. Assassin's Creed comes out on Thursday, guys. So I'm let's go. Oh, a lot of hype with that. Yeah, a lot of hype with that. Hey, was there any surprise? <laughs> if we go back to last year, because I think some people thought that maybe the Warriors would be a team that loaded up a little bit at the trade deadline. Maybe they would be a team that goes up against a Regina or or something like that. Were, did they kind of hold off building on they were ready for this season? Because to me, this seems like the year, this year, next year, that Moose Jaw would be the all-in team. Um, when you look back to last year, I think, you know, uh, last year was, was really interesting, I guess. You know, I think general manager Jason Ripplinger, I think, at the trade deadline, you know, wasn't super aggressive. And that's because his pieces came into play prior to that. If you look back, at, you know, I guess it'd be the summer of 22, they acquired Connor Unger from the Red Deer Rebels in a trade. Uh, that town has turned out really well with how great Connor was. Um, they got Ryder Korzak from the American Hockey League. So that was a free acquisition of a top six forward uh, that would cost them nothing. And then they made the one trade for Logan Dowhediak from the Edmonton Oil Kings at a pretty bargain price, I feel, uh, in early December before the prices got really out of hand. So, you know, when you're a general manager, you have to manage those assets, both, you know, roster player and non-roster, which would mean your draft picks. You know, general managers always look ahead, right? Uh, And that's what they have to do. And I think, you know, Jason did a good job managing those expectations of last year's team, which, you know, they had a really good season last year, you know, pushing Winnipeg for all they had in that second-round series. Um, and Jason wanted to, to, you know, manage the, 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 the 
assets that he had at his disposal, because you're right, this year with guys like Braden Yeager and Jagger Fergus, this could be another very key year for the Warriors. So it's how you manage those assets year to year and look ahead. You know, general managers, they're planning two, three years in advance. It's kind of what you have to do. Um, you know, you want to win for the now, but you still have to have an eye for the future. And Jason, I think, did a really good job of that last year. Didn't give up too much. And he still has all those assets at his disposal if, if he so chooses to try and make something big happen this year. And James, we've seen across Western Hockey League for last handful of years, the pendulum really swing to just unloading every single pick and, and young prospect you might have to, to win now. And do, do you think that there will come a time where just in general we swing back the other way and maybe there, there's more conservation on on building long-term success instead of one big stab and then kind of, you know, maybe maybe tear it down, for lack of a better term, and, and rebuild again? That's a loaded question. I, You know what? I really don't know. Um, you know, I think in the Western Hockey League, in my time, I think teams are very select when they want to do something big. Um, I think in the four community-owned franchises, I think there's an extra emphasis to watch what you do. Yeah. Um, and the reason is is because you do owe it to your community. If you miss the playoffs for 10 years as a community-owned franchise, that is not a good thing, right? That's That, that means you're in, in some tough waters. Um, so you do have to manage that a little bit different. Um, I think when you're drafting development, that's the key, right? I mean, you know, Kelly McCrimmon is a guy that I always – Really loved what he did with the Brandon Weekings. He was a draft development and then tinkered with trades. Didn't really mess with the core that much. The core was always through the draft, listing players, and that type of thing. So if teams can go by that, you can pick and choose when you want to unload your assets. But it's when you unload your assets, you have to keep an eye on what you have coming. So if you want to make a big trade this year, you have to understand that you know maybe you're, you're 17, 16, and, and your 15-year-olds that you just drafted are a good age group to build around, right? Yeah. Because if you're gonna if you're gonna unload assets this year to, to load up, that means you're probably gonna unload next year to build around another age group. So, um, will teams get back to a little bit of normalcy? I don't think so. There may it may be a little bit more conservative this year just because of how tight it is across the league, right? Uh, you know, you can't really identify buyers and sellers right now because it's so early in the season. Wait till December. You'll have a better view of who's looking to unload and who's looking to buy a lot. But uh, teams will, you know, they'll look at it a little bit differently. I hope it gets back to a lot. I've talked to a lot of general managers. They, they say it's hard, right? Because you make that one big move. If you don't win, right, you're, you're stuck, yeah, and you're stuck in a rut for a long time. It's it's a hard decision to make. Well, it's a really just, hard decision I to just make. Wonder, you know, with with the kind of talking about last year too, and just the prices that players went for. It's like it was that, nuts. At, at what point is it too much, yeah. right? Like, at what point like is the price just too heavy to pay? And then you start to see the regression maybe a little bit where where teams are more interested in hanging on to their assets and and players in the younger age groups and deciding to build around them and that sustained success that. I mean, for years in this city, anyway, we were, Tigers were fortunate to have those years, right? I mean, when when Willie Desjardins was here through that first yeah. tenure, there was if it, it, it wasn't the second round of the playoffs, don't bother the people in town, right? That's oh, kind they, of what they it wouldn't became. show up, yeah, because yeah. yeah. we always made first round of the playoffs. Yeah, so it was just it was, an expectation at yeah. that point. But so I feel this is the first rebuild the Tigers have actually had. James, you said you've been in the league for quite some time. I'm very curious if we could go back to last year. 
Are you surprised at all that Connor Bedard wasn't moved out of Regina? Because mm. that was a talk all around <laughs> the WHL of should they, shouldn't they. They weren't for sure going to make the playoffs. And I think that Kamloops was really knocking on that door to be like, hey, we would give you pretty much the whole farm Send if we in. could have him for the Memorial Cup. If there's if there's one organization that's tired of hearing of Connor Bedard, it's it's the entire community of Ushia, right? Yeah. Thirty minutes away from him, yeah. you know, he's an amazing player, amazing player. You know, it's a joy to watch. I love watching the opposition just as much as I love watching our team. Um, you know, with regards to a possible trade, yes and no, right? I think I think your point of whether it would have, would have been Kamloops or Seattle or, or whomever, um, they would have you know, just back the truck up and said, take what you want. I'm assuming to get a guy like Connor, which, you know, would have made sense. But the other part of it too is, is, you know what? I think Connor did a great job lifting Regina, you know, the playoffs, carrying Regina into the playoffs. They had a pretty uh, entertaining series in seven games with the Saskatoon Blades, which they lost in seven. Um, and I think it, it meant a lot to the community of Regina, the Pats fan base, and to the organization that in June you heard with the first overall pick of the Chicago Blackhawks select Connor Bedard. That means a lot. That means a lot to organizations. Um, so I, I could have seen it go either way. 100% could have seen it go either way. Wasn't surprised that he didn't get traded, and I don't think I would have been surprised if he did get traded last year. Uh, speaking of, of players that you know maybe – we're talked about a lot in Connor Bedard to maybe some that, that sneak under the radar a touch, James. Uh, is Denton Matejchuk the oh. best defenseman that doesn't get talked about nearly enough in this in this league? Uh, you know what? I, I would agree with you 100%. Uh, I have no problems admitting I'm 100% biased, but uh, if the time that we're recording this, Denton Matejchuk is still with the Columbus Blue Jackets right now. Um, I think if Denton comes back to the Moose Jaw Warriors, he could be the best defenseman not just in the Western Hockey League, but in all of Canada. Um, he's that good. Um, you know, when he was 17 years old, he played on his off wing with Damon Hunt, and he got drafted in the first round. And during that year, Damon Hunt, who was the Warriors captain, great player in his own right. But when Damon went down to injury, Denton played with every single other defenseman in a pairing and made them better. Yeah. He's that good. Uh, Denton is... I think he gets his recognition uh, probably more so in the Eastern Conference and specifically here in the East Division. Uh, maybe out West, they're maybe not as familiar uh, to Denton as, as we are. But Denton is an electrifying player to watch. He's got all the tools to be successful, not only at this level, but at the next. And it obviously shows because the Columbus Blue Jackets are taking a really good, long, hard look at him. I wish it was over. Don't get me wrong. Uh <laughs> You know, the Warriors did their, you know, question of the day, and it was what celebrity would you have come to our game playing on the old Travis Kelsey, Taylor Swift thing. And uh, Jagger Ferkus said, if I could have one celebrity come to a game, it would be Denton Matejchuk because we miss him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? I mean, Denton is that good. And, and I, I have no problems admitting that I'm biased because I've, I've watched every play that he's made in the Western Hockey League. But uh, there's other people that I think would agree with me that if Denton comes back, he could probably be the best defenseman in our league for sure. Well, and it's not to say that he's that he's not talked about, but I think you know you you look back over to the last season, and that's kind of what we have to look at right now. But it was like it was Olin Zellweger, it was Chris Setoff, and and then maybe Matejchuk yeah. afterwards. And I, I've always thought just the way that he drives the play, the way that he moves the puck, like you mentioned, he can play 
on his on wing, like his onside or offside, and, and it really doesn't make a difference on on his production and the way that he impacts the game in all three zones. It's just it was remarkable the amount of times I I didn't hear Matejchuk's name, and it's just. I mean, I'm not surprised that Columbus has taken a hard look at him. Hopefully it's better for you than it was for the Tigers and Cole Sillinger. I was going to say, like, <laughs> as, as an organization, you guys sit there and it's like, you got a, it's a whole range of emotion. You're like, okay, you saw him. Can we have him back yeah, now? Yeah, can we have him now? But please? then you also sit back on the yeah. sidelines and you love to see the success of this kid yeah. in the same boat as Cole Sillinger. He goes up there to Columbus. We're like, hey, awesome, you got to see him. Bring, Bring him back, back now. <laughs> because now people are allowed to come back into the building, so we want to see him. Yeah. They rushed him. And I don't believe that he should have stayed with Columbus because right. I think he should have had one more year with the Tigers. But as an organization, it's got to be hard because you're you're rooting for him, but like you will are waiting at the airport for him to come yeah. back. Yeah, it's catch twenty two, right? I mean, our every team's job is to help develop uh, these players to reach their next goals, whether it be to the NHL or to U Sport, and you know later on life. That, that, that's what every team's job is. Uh, selfishly, you would want these guys back because, you know, this is a results-orientated business. However, uh, if Denton makes the Columbus Blue Jackets, I'll be the first one watching the Columbus Blue Jackets and cheering him on because to see him live his dream, to me, uh, means the world. And I've, I've seen how hard he's worked to get this opportunity. It gives me real Morgan Riley vibes, you know, yeah. watching him on the ice and how he is and, and just kind of the, you know, the same situation that we went through with Morgan at 18 and, and 19, Morgan was gone, but um, very similar. They have a lot of similarities in, in what they've brought to the Mushaw Warriors. But again, it's one of those things where you wish him all the best of luck. You want to see him, you know, live his, his pro dreams, but you're nice to see number five back out with the Warriors for just one more season. Don't want to not shine a light on Jagger and Jagger, that oh. being Jagger Furkus and Braden Jagger, because there's no denying that they are are drivers of, of the offense in, in Moose Job. And, and we'll get to them in a second, James. I'm just curious, where does the, the next level of scoring fall? Like, like who's going to have to pick up that secondary scoring for Moose Job to, to be successful this season? Um, first off, I, you got to look at Atlee Calvert. Um, you know, Atlee's a Moose Job guy. Scored 40 last year. Uh, that was a, that's a single season record for a Moose Job born warrior. Um, you know, I know a lot of people say that there's pressure to to play in your hometown, but Atley likes it and he wants to win for his hometown. And, and Atley, you know, he went to a Pittsburgh Penguin uh, development camp in the summertime, training camp here in the fall. Um, he'd be the first guy you talk about. I think Lyndon Lakovich, the sky, the sky's the limit for this young man, guys. Wait till you watch him on Saturday. You know, he's got a late birthday, he's December 12th, so he's not draft eligible till next season, till 25. You know, he's 6'4", 185. He, he skates so well for his guys, for a guy his size. Uh, you know, he, he's creative, very skilled. Uh, that's kind of the next wave. You look at the 20-year-olds, you have to think about uh, in that situation. You know, you got to get the 18-year-olds driving, guys like Ethan Semenuk and, and Ben Reich and Harper Lolliker. Um, but I, I think... The first two for me would be Atlee Calvert and Lennon Lakovich after uh, Fergus and Jagger. Again, I think both of those two guys, Calvert and Lakovich, bring a lot to the table and can really give teams fits as they try to defend them. Man, I mean, in the case of Lakovich, there was a couple of big goals in playoffs last season, which which doesn't hurt anything. I think he had, what, two game winners out of his three goals in the playoffs? Yeah. So. That doesn't hurt nothing. Funny story either. about Lyndon as well for you guys. Lyndon's uncle is Sasha Lakovich, former NHLer. Mm -hmm. And uh, in the preseason and training camp, Lyndon says, hey, did you ever see the movie Miracle? 
I said, yeah, Lennon's been a while, but, you know, I've seen it. Uh, his uncle, Sasha, played the Russian captain in the movie Miracle. No and, he has all, and, and his uncle gave him all the memorabilia from it, so he's got his jersey from the movie and all that kind of stuff. So oh, Lennon, he's a student. He, you know what? He loves to have fun. Uh, he's always smiling, which is great. I, I've really enjoyed getting to know him a lot. Um, and, you know, he, he's one of those guys where hockey's fun, especially at this age when you're on the ice. And, you know, Gavin McKenna's probably the same way. He probably is really creative, really skilled, and he wants to have fun. And, uh, you know, Lennon's kind of the same type as, as McKenna. So, uh, yeah, there's a little story on Lennon there before cool. Saturday's game. Very cool. And we should give props to uh, Warrior Jagger Fergus. He was the player of the week. He had seven points. Well, uh, that's a round of applause. Well I done. mean, you well guys done. potentially could have one the best one-two punch in the game right now. Mm. With Brandon Yeager yeah, and Jagger Fergus. Circus, yeah, the Fergus Circus back in town. Uh, <laughs> this guy's, he's, you know, he's, again, I love the personalities. Uh, he's a loud personality. Um, always smiling. Uh, he's an honest player. He holds himself and his teammates accountable. And, and on the ice, he drives it. He drives it. Him and Braden Yeager, they were actually put together uh, when we were in the hub in 2021. Uh, they were put on the line as a, as a 50 and 16 year old and have been playing together ever since. Um, they, they know what to do. They, uh, the way they drive the bus is really impressive. Uh, the, the familiarity and predictability between that duo is, is something I haven't seen in a long, long time, uh, for the Mooshaw Warriors anyways. Um, and, and what they're able to do and the excitement that they bring is truly fantastic. And the other side of it, too, is is that um, off the ice, you know, Mooshaw is not that much smaller than Medicine Hat, and, and being community-involved is pretty important, uh, you know, in Medicine Hat like it is at Mooshaw. These two guys do not shy away. They love getting out in the community, whether it be minor hockey, going to schools to read, and, and that's the part I love as well. They know they've got a lot of young fans, and they and they take every opportunity to, to talk to these young fans, which is great to see. Just outstanding young men are, are, are Brady Jagger and Jagger Fergus. Yeah, on and off the ice, I think it's pretty well documented now that they are pretty darn good people. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you put them together in games, and, and it just seems like they're always making something happen. Uh, did, did you notice anything different, James? Or, or maybe it's just natural maturation that happens as you get older. Uh, but with Braden Yeager and getting drafted to Pittsburgh there in the first round uh, in the past draft, just was there anything different uh, that you saw or are seeing in his game? Uh, you know, last year I asked I asked Braden that question last year, and you know, obviously it was a big year for him with a lot of attention to him uh, being a, a potential top pick for the draft. And I asked him what part of his game he doesn't get credit for, and he was taking a lot of hit because he wasn't scoring as much as people thought last year. He only had 28 goals last year. But the other side of it is, is he doubled his assist total from the previous year, where last year he had 50 assists, and he says it's his playmaking ability that he doesn't get enough credit for. And I think last year, Braden did a great job focusing on his playmaking ability, and, and he's turned into that threat to be able to shoot or to make the play. The other side of it, with both of those players, both Fergus and Jaeger, uh, a part of the game that they both worked hard on to develop is their, is their penalty killing. And, you know, head coach Marco O'Leary has, has put the, that duo out together in the past, uh, as a penalty killer, you don't really see that a lot from your top end guys. Mm-hmm. Um, but he and they just love it. They love playing on the penalty kill. Um, you know, they want the puck and they'll do anything they can to get the puck. So um, I think both guys have done a good job taking feedback from the coaches here, Bouchard, and then uh, from their respective 
uh, respective uh, NHL teams, Seattle and Pittsburgh, and they want to work on what they tell them to work on to be better, right? It's, it's focusing on your side of the red line. It's, you know, making the hard plays. It's the little details. It's carrying the pro habits that you picked up at your pro camp and bringing them here to Moose Jaw so that when the time comes that you make the jump to pros, you're not falling into bad habits because if, if you can break those bad habits, it only looks better for you. Uh, and if we could talk goaltending before we let you go, of course, Jackson Unger's been the guy. Uh, you have a rookie as the mm-hmm. backup. Is Jackson Unger, you think, going to get the majority of the starts this year, or could you see a 60-40 between the two of them? Uh, it's tough to call right now. I, I would assume Jack's the guy. Um, you know, Jackson's earned the opportunity to, to, to be the dude. Um, he's done really well so far. I think other than a period and a half against Brandon uh, at the Warriors' home opener, Jackson has played exceptionally well. I thought last week where the Warriors won all three games, he made 30-plus saves in every single game. You know, he's pushed that save percentage over 900, which uh, that's what you want to see. Um, I think he's building his confidence. You know, Dimitri Fortin with the team uh, right now, I think there'll be some times when Dimitri gets in. Uh, being 17 years old, he's, he's got to wait for his opportunity. He needs to earn his opportunity through practice. And when he gets the opportunity, capitalize on it. But for right now, I would assume that Jackson Unger is, is going to be the guy that will run for the Moose Warriors. Uh, last one I got for you, James, and it's just about the overall balance of the lineup because it feels like this year there, there's a lot – of, of offerings in Moose Jaw, whether it's skill and speed or a little bit more size and strength in different areas. Does it feel like one of the more balanced lineups you've seen the the Warriors put out in some time? Yeah. I mean, I, I think, I think they have balance with their forwards. I think they probably always want to see more productivity. I think, um, I think they're seeing production from, from the older guys that they want to exceed from. I think they're seeing steps of development from the younger guys, whether it be forward or on defense. Um, you know, again, they're not as old as what people would think. Mm-hmm. Um, just having two ni- three 19-year-olds on the roster right now, um, that's not something you would expect. And, and with Denton Matejczyk still gone, there's only two 19-year-olds on the Warriors roster, which, which is odd. Um, but there is some balance there. Um, you know, always room for improvement, always room for development, which is what you want to see. I think, you know, the acquisition of Aiden Ziprich from, from Lethbridge was a great one, you know, for the back end to get some experience and some size, a little bit of grit out there. So, um, yeah, balance is a good way to put it right now. But uh, we'll wait and see. Still lots of time to see how this roster looks, you know, before January 10th at 4 o'clock Saskatchewan time. Well, Lord knows it'll change a fair amount since uh, between now and then. That's yeah, how no, it always seems to go. And you nailed it with the team being so young, because I'll be honest, I really thought that Jagger and Braden were in their 20s season, <laughs> and, I, and they were going to be on their way out. And I was like, oh, okay, no, see, they're not there's in, more. They're not in like the Riley you know, Fiddler Schultz territory, where we felt yeah, like Fiddler yeah. Schultz was in the league you know for what? about a it decade. Was, uh, they feel like they've been here forever, because they have, right? I mean, that's... Say what people will about those hub seasons that we had, but the one thing that was great about them was, you know, it was all about development for the Moose Jaw Warriors. It was about getting, you know, Fergus, Jaeger, and Matejchuk in. Uh, Fergus and Jaeger, or sorry, Fergus and, uh, and Matejchuk as 16-year-olds, get them playing. And then we were allowed to bring in the 15-year-old Braden Jaeger because his season was shut down. And you look at all those 2005s, uh, all those high-end guys, they got pretty much an extra half season. They got to play 24 games, which was huge. Yeah. So it feels like they've been around for a long time, but I think that, that hub year was, was also just a great chance for them to build and develop a little bit more, which, which I liked. I thought it was 
I don't like being quarantined for 60 days at the U of R, but, uh, but still the other side of the hockey side of it was good. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we, we've taken a lot of your time, James, and I'm a liar. I'm going to take a, two more minutes, then that's all, and, no then, and then we'll be good. No Only problem. because uh, I was curious. In for a penny, in for a pound, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> we're, we're too deep now. We're too far gone. We can't get out. Um, I was just curious, though, what do you see as, as the Warriors kind of key to, to beating the Tigers on Saturday? What do the Warriors have to do well? Uh, in order to, to get past Medicine Hat? You know, Medicine Hat, to me, under Willie Desjardins, has always been a, a fun team to watch. They've been, they've been skilled and they've been fast. So I think for me, for Moose Jaw, it, it's how can they play within the neutral zone? How can they contain that Tiger rush? Because when they come up the ice, usually Medicine Hat is coming up fast mm-hmm. and with a purpose. So I, I would look at the neutral zone right now for the Warriors and – you know, to build on that, I think Mushaw's best defense can be their offense. I mean, to try and contain a guy like Gavin McKenna, make him play defense. That's yeah. the best way to do it. Keep him inside his own blue line. But uh, consistency is going to be a big thing to the Warriors, you know, push to the net. We saw it a lot uh, last week, you know, had a more consistent presence inside that home plate area. So I think that might be one thing. But I think uh, for me, watch the in between the blue lines, watch the neutral zone, I think, on Saturday night. It's going to be a big one. Warriors, Tigers, co-op place on Saturday. We cannot wait. Uh, more Tigers Uncaged on the way, powered by Windsor Plywood. But, James, we cannot thank you enough for taking some yeah, time out James. and joining the podcast. <laughs> hey, anytime, guys. You passed the grade. I'm more than willing to come on again. Jesse and Lance are unleashing the beast. Hey, maybe keep that beast on a leash. More Tigers Uncaged coming up. Powered by Windsor Plywood. The experts you need to know. Contractors choose Windsor Plywood. Do-it-yourselfers choose Windsor Plywood. And people who think, I'm not sure what I'm doing, but these can help me. They choose Windsor Plywood too. With over 50 years experience, Windsor Plywood is the first choice for finishing, building, and renovation projects. With fast delivery, great selection, and helpful service, it's no wonder more people choose Windsor Plywood. Open 8 to 5 Monday to Friday and 9 to 1 Saturday at 2101 10th Avenue Southwest in Medicine Hat. Proud sponsor of Tiger. Uncaged. More Tigers Uncaged with Jesse and Lance. Powered by Windsor Plywood. The experts you need to know. Welcome back to Tigers Uncaged. Powered by our good friends at Windsor Plywood. Of course, we have the man, the myth, the legend, the mouth of the South himself. Wow. Straight out of Regina, Saskatchewan. That's right. Literally Gino the smarty. Yeah. <laughs> How was your bus ride, bud? Did you have fun? Good trip. It's well, a, it was a night of firsts for... Gino DiPaoli. No. Well, so no. the the bus why does your acts, watch always do that? Yeah, why? That twice Every now. time we're about to go to watch, <laughs> my watch the, goes. Get, get. So well, what happened? Um, well, uh, if you listen to the broadcast uh, last night, as we as we're recording this, um, our bus broke down on the way to Regina. Yeah. Um, no excuses. I'll get to that in a bit. But yeah, we're about an hour. We're about just outside of Moose Jaw, like maybe twenty minutes, and all of a sudden, a loud blinking danger. Like like right. in the, like on Star Trek was like er, er, I was like it was like eject the airplane type yeah deal, I was yeah. like this isn't good no and slowly our our driver uh, Bobby actually she got it to the side of the shoulder as much as she could and then said I can't move this thing and some broken belt or something like that happened and we didn't have the parts for it and you can't fix a water pump without a mechanic and then tracks was dispatched and we got the prairie hockey academy bus hmm. <clears throat> excuse me how nice and so we threw everything on the bus as fast as possible and then got to regina at 6 p.m for a seven o'clock game oh, that's not good 
Yeah, trains were not running on time. No, that's probably why they didn't start playing to the second period. Yeah, and it unfortunately was too late. It was yeah. kind of a lot of things happen. You know what? People or teams have had that happen before. Yeah. And I, at the end of the day, I think you know what you you got. I was hope if you just got out of that first period down one, you're probably winning that game a hundred percent. I, yeah. you give up two late goals, including one on a turnover to make it three nothing. That was going to be a hard one to come back from. Mm-hmm. But I felt I still felt even when it was four nothing, I was thinking because Regina. They hung on for dear life. They truly did. And I'm not saying that they're not a terrible hockey club. They're not. Yuan uh, Huey played the game of his life. Yeah, he's yes. very good. He made two unbelievable saves in that second period. Uh, the one on Tyler McKenzie, cross crease, a blocker, mm-hmm. getting across, and, and then Huey on a puck that rolled on a tee to Gavin McKenna. Oh, that was a great Just save. Boom. Uh, sucked that was he that did play it, of the night? I haven't noticed yet. I'm assuming it was right up look. there. Got, I haven't looked, but it's got to be up there. It was... So you score there, at that point it would still be 3-1, and then Cole Temple redirects with under two minutes to go, and you looked at like, that's the one that's probably yeah. going to cost you. And then you lose 4-2. Uh, you did a lot of things right in 40 minutes. It was just the 20, and I, I it's no excuse for this team. I think they were ready. They were revved. We were going hard. We were throwing equipment onto the other bus. And yeah. Ethan McCall was pretty loose. He was lifting stuff, and and I just kind of looked I'm like, you know what? The way things are going, I think we could win this game. Right. And I and I I think maybe if they had another twenty minutes, if they could have started the game at seven thirty, which I don't think that was an option at all ever. And I'm not saying there should have been. I think the Tigers would have won that game, and and that doesn't take a shot at anybody. I don't think it was Ethan McCallum's fault in the first. It was just yeah, not your night, kid. And they put Evan May in for momentum, got some momentum, got some bounces in the th- in the third, and I just ran into it. They got goalied a little bit. A little so bit. So it, it just – I think – I go back to the Saskatoon game, and people ask, how's that one going to go? I said, we could get a harsh lesson here. Mm-hmm. This could be the, the lesson learned after starting 3-0. and You got a point out of it. You were ahead for 90% of that game, but you still lost. And then with the bus breaking down – and losing to a team that I thought was only going to have like seven wins this year, we've already got three. Right. I think that's the knocking down a peg. I expect something completely different on Friday and Saturday against Regina, or sorry, against Swift Kurt and Moose Jaw. So that's that's what I take from that. So yeah. I, I mean, I it's not a crush to sit there and go, "Well, the bus breaking down is why we lost." But I think it definitely, oh, one hundred percent, it puts a funk in a lot of the players because you get there at a certain time and you have a certain mm-hmm. way of doing things before a game, right? Like you make sure you're listening to a certain song. You make sure that you know twenty minutes before I got to do this and I got to do that. If you're rushing, yeah, it's gonna throw you off your game, regardless of being there an hour or whatever. I I still think that the pregame stuff that these kids go through completely changed. Oh, one hundred percent, and. We're, I don't think we're notoriously famous for it. Uh, we get to the rig pretty darn early. Yeah. We're usually there like for a seven o'clock game. We're probably there by 4.30, yep. sort of range. So you've eliminated an hour and 15 minutes from your regiment. Like, uh, you know what? There was some strategy talked about on the bus while we were waiting for the other one. Right. You know, there was a couple of times that listen up and you change on the fly. The coaches change on the fly how they get their message across and. Yeah, and you go from there. So, I mean, there's a lesson to be learned in that, though, right? Because yeah. I, I mean, you're playing in the Western Hockey League where travel is abundant, mm-hmm. and you're going into, of course, colder times and snowier times, and there's going to be, 
there could be more situations where your plans do have to change and, and you need to be able to stay ready or be ready on short notice, right? It's mm-hmm. it's one of those things that it almost feels like a bit of a, a learning opportunity for, for a lot of those players. And I'm glad it happened when it did. I really right. I think you get this. If you can get through the weekend unscathed and, you know, you get two of three potentially or at least get that win against Swift and see how you line up against Moose Jaw on Saturday before going on the BC road trip, I'd... I think that will. I think down the road, something like that, definitely knock them down the peg. And just their style of game had to play, and they had to sort of chop at the tree instead of being out in front of it. That was the first time they were trailing after one all year. Right, was that game, and the f- most goals they've given up in a period was that first period all year so far. Yeah, and they had a good pushback in the second and the mm-hmm. third. It was just it, just, it was all Tigers. They just couldn't find the back of the net. And I mean, yeah. truthfully, though, like for you know the the poor start and and everything that came with it. I mean. Regina tried to let him into the game too, oh, right? With they, power plays, they, they opened the front door. They were they were doing what they could to let the Tigers get their feet under them, and and just couldn't take advantage. Well, and the Tigers had a five on three early in that yeah. period. They didn't score on it. They did it kind of like in that Saskatoon game, where or is that extra pass was given by McKenna, Weisblatt, and Basha, and it would have been a t- if if you hit on that pass and you go up one nothing. You might coast to that win. You yeah, might, it feels a little bit different. You're, right? you're in a it, yeah, it just. It's just a damn yep. sort of thing. Right? Yeah, it's hard because I was even listening at the end of that second. They were making some noise, making some noise. You even said, listen, you go 3-1 into that second intermission, you're coming back and you're going to have a little bit more. You're probably going overtime. And, and then you probably, hopefully, this is a team that can, if they want to, tie that game up. Mm-hmm. And I think last year's team, if that happened with the 3-0 start, forget it. Shelve it. Done. Forget it and yeah. move on. Not going to be your day. But Evan May was a really good insurance policy. He's like back to his old ways of back it up guys. Yeah. Like, there was more than one time last year he did that for Beckett Lanco and was absolutely outstanding. So what was the was there any conversation that you heard? Because I didn't see it um, around why Ethan McCallum was pulled after the first twenty because the three goals he let in, I'm putting zero of them on him. I I might put one on him. I might put the second one on Parker Bird. But even on then, him. there's but that, that was flat, a good shot. There's and there's a drive by screen right in front yeah. of him as it's mm-hmm. happening. There's no boxing out from the no. defenseman in front of him. So. What I know that was uh, and I even meant I mentioned it yesterday. I asked it to a couple coaches. Uh, well, obviously everybody knows who the coaches are. Right. And and I just said, was any of those on E? And they're like, no. It was a, let's get momentum here. Yeah, so is it a yank for momentum? It was a yank for momentum. I don't think it had anything to do with Ethan McCallum's ability to stop the puck. No, but is part of it a pull to to try and take him out of that situation then? Because, like, you you just saw 20 minutes of a flat team and it's his first start in the Western Hockey League. You probably don't want him I think it's more of the risk of letting in number four that it just unraveled. Right, yeah. Yeah. I I think it was just 100% momentum. Okay. Because I mean, At least Tigers, what I got from in that yeah. first period, they were up three nothing on shots, and then they didn't shoot after that. Nope. like that it was, was, it, was super all, weird. it was all it was all at fourteen three were the opening shots after first period, and the Tigers shot the first three shots of the game. Yeah, yeah. So they were trying to on, on a and there was a five on three part of that. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. listen, we've made we've cracked a lot of jokes on Regina's behalf. Like you said, we anticipated they were going to be a six win uh, team. Are we sleeping on the Regina Pats? Are they actually looking like without Bedard they could be a decent team? I don't know. I, I think that's a little premature to yeah. talk about that. But Tanner Howell looked really good. I really yeah. liked how he was going. Uh, the Whitehead or uh, Braxton Whitehead was looking pretty good. The mm-hmm. Vaughn twins were hitting anything that moved out there. And Parker Berg was pretty played a lot of heavy minutes for for Regina. And 
I think one thing leads to another. Sack Stringer was at the right place at the right time on that power play goal. Yeah. Long reach, able to bank that. That was a weird goal, by the way. But yeah, that was an active board behind the net. Yeah. It was and just, just how he kind of shot, shot it wide. and how it went in. I was like, yeah. And it's in. Yeah. <laughs> so, Quick chip. And so there's parts there for Brad Haroff and Ken Schneider and uh, Evan McFeeders coaching there. And I'm intrigued what Alan Miller can come up with. Like, mm-hmm. how how do they orchestrate this? Because I, I didn't look at the attendance because there was a lot going on yesterday, as if we've mentioned a couple times. We looked. It was like, what, 26? 24, 26, somewhere. Mm-hmm. And that was honoring uh, the 79, 80s Pats. Mm-hmm. The Regina Pats raised their tickets this year. Right. I don't like, understand it's why like, that's a thing. It's, and you know what? I, I work for a Western Hockey League team, so I can't really critique another team that's their business. I think it was a bit of a stretch. It was I just think interesting would, timing. I think you would just – I figure you would just keep it status quo. Yeah. Because, well, you made all that money last year, so. Yeah. Listen, I've been timing. a big component that get them in the door. Do what you want, but get them in the door. Get these yeah. families, get these people in the door. A lot of families are struggling. They're looking for entertainment. Oh. Get them in the doors. Let them watch the game. Get them at the concession. Get them at the souvenir shop. I agree. Whatever you need to. But, but it's just the timing of it. Why would you do it now? Like, why wouldn't you have done that last year? <laughs> uh, and everybody would be like, oh, this is money well spent because there's that classic thing out there. Oh, you could watch so-and-so for this much. Now it's going to cost you. You would think now is the time to go because times that it's yeah. gone. Like I'm pretty sure if anybody wants to go to Chicago and want a Blackhawks game, yeah, you're 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 gonna put a second it's mortgage out on your line more. of credit for that. It's gonna I cost a lot more. Yeah. Um is the the stalling out to some extent, I know they ended up tallying one late, but the the stalling out on that five on three power play, like that there's not much to look into that, I don't think, right? No, I don't think so. I think it just I think this team knows they're skilled. They know they're good, but I think it it goes to the old homage of you're good, mm-hmm. but you're not that good, right? Yet, it'll I think, come. Well, I, and I think a couple of guys have struggled late. I thought we, I, I saw a little bit of a step back in Andrew Bash's game a little bit right. the last couple. I know on that power play he struggled a little bit. Uh, Gavin, I think's doing a lot, trying to move the puck and whipping. We, we saw it with Bedard last year, and I'm not. And again, I'm, we're doing the comparable, and I hate it. We, you know, I hate it, but. I mean, I remember when Regina was here a couple of times, and you could see Bedard could have shot, but he passed right. to distri- dis- distribute, and and then it's a kind of a broken play. I kind of saw that a couple of times with Gav. Yep. And, and, I mean, I guess in the NHL, sure, that's probably going in the back of your net, but... Yeah. But they also have the, the same group that can then go out and hem you in for two straight minutes and put yeah. about nine oh, shots on they that. They did so. that in the second period. Yeah. Holy man, they did that three times. You don't score on it. Yeah. I think like that was a winnable game for the Tigers last night. Oh, and, and, and that's Shane with Smith. them getting there at six o'clock. Yeah. yeah. Shane Smith had a couple really good shots. They were just a little high. Like the, his shot this year, in my opinion, what I've seen. It's a scud shot missile. Looks very good. It's just Soon as it's on target, yeah, he's gonna score a lot more goals. He's also turning into the the Cy Young leader again, isn't he? Like four goals, no he's assists. Four, he's four and one now. Four and he one. got a loss there. Oh, okay, the, yeah, the he picked there. up a loss. He was like leading the Cy Young last year, but yeah, yeah he was like nineteen and what he had. He was like he had twenty. He had nineteen goals and what? Oh, nineteen and six. Right, that's yeah. a hell of a Cy <laughs> Young. Yeah, quite, quite the quite the win loss record. Uh, is, is Shane <laughs> like? Still, is he the the Tigers version of Brad Marchand? 
Is he one of the more uh, annoying? The Marshan's a little bit of a stretch, but well, maybe not in in skill set, but more in just I hate playing this guy. Oh, and I thought Wiseblatt would be that guy. That. I don't know. Kind of changed a little bit in his game, but I like I loved O last night. Or Saint Martin. I, I, I Saint Martin has a motor, but I just feel like sh- if there's ever anything where it comes to someone having to step in for a teammate, it's Shane Smith who's in there. 100%. He's, he was last night. He's dragging people into things that they don't want to be drug into on the opposite he, side. When you when you hear him hit somebody on the corner boards in the offensive zone, it's an absolute thud. Mm-hmm. He is quietly, and the build of his – he is a, he is a solid human being. Like yep. the, the size of him and how he positions his body. He's not the fastest guy in the league. No. But he has got a heavy shot, as we mentioned, and he never stops working. Mm-hmm. I think he knows what kind of guy he's going to be, and I firmly believe that actually he's going to become a fan favorite. Like I think how he he plays the game the right way. He play he's got it, and he's drawn penalties. He's taken a couple. He he took one last night, but he also drew a cross checking penalty because right. he got. I've got cross-checked hard in the back and just went down, got right back up and stared the guy. It was right at the end of the second period that led to that power play goal. And he just got up and stared at him. I'm sure he probably laughed at the guy. And just, yeah. But he's just, just an annoying guy to play against. He's like he, you got to play with him than against him. Right. Yeah. And, and just seeing how other teams react to to him being on the ice and when he's in, in a scrum, it's just it, it's very much like uh, I just want to punch that guy in the head from yeah. the other team, right? And it I, seems like that's I, always I, how it's been. I, the human department is one of the best, and I was thinking about how we're trying to expand this podcast and which player do we bring on first. Actually, my first pick was Shane Smith. Yeah, I think Shane Smith would be a good. Uh, he he loves listening to this stuff, and he 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 loves kind of all the aspects of the game. He's always reading things like mm-hmm. what's this team doing or all this other fun stuff. And then there's other things that obviously I can't mention, but he he's an interesting kid. Like he Sassford. Sassford. There's not a lot to do in Sassford, so no. I think he's just turning so into hockey. Shooting pucks. You read and shoot pucks, that's yep. all you do. Yep. Another guy who's having a great start of the year, Kane Lindstrom. Fourth goal last night. That kid, not only is he finding the back of the net, the body that he's using this year as well. I think he has like two percent body fat, I'm pretty sure. Like yeah, guy, I'd be close. The guy is wow. Like he is a monster. Like Gigantic arms, and it just well. I'm not again. Spoiler alert uh, from the uh, fitness testing. He came in second this year mm-hmm. behind Braden Bame. Of course, bench pressed 150 pounds 30 times. Right, just Jeez. like it was nothing. I was like, huh. Bame had one too last night, didn't he? Yeah, he did. He got the scrambly extra attacker goal. That's there. still a goal. Mm-hmm. It was still a goal. Goal's a goal. Goal's a goal. And he ran into the. He fell into the boards hard in the first, and took a couple shifts off before he came back. So it was. That that line kind of saw a little bit of a, a flutter, a little bit with Smith, Bame, and St. Martin yesterday, but they were still doing things. Like, they, yeah. it's if you just if you need something done, send them over the boards. Is am I getting too excited about the potential of having like a top five power uh, penalty kill? Excuse me for, I, for the Tigers this season because you you see all the makings of it. Oh, I agree. Like, there's there's urgency on clears. They're isolating guys well. And I, I know it's six games in, and it's hard not to overreact. But it just in in contrast to where they finished last year, 18th in the league, to where details year. are at now, it, it just feels like you're looking at a completely more understanding group of what needs to happen when they're on the penalty kill. Well, and the penalty kill, I it was good last night. I know it ends up saying one for two. We should have been two for three. Uh, 
they they spent less time in the box, so the clears are harder. Mm-hmm. I got a couple guys that do a really good job on the penalty kill. One's Bogdan's Hodis. Mm-hmm. He has been able to level a guy and then just turn around and he gets he now has that extra second to have a look and right. it up the, just up the middle and clear find a guy. Uh, the save for. Uh, Man, Braden Bame's really good on the penalty kill. Yep. Like he's probably one of the top penalty killers in the league right now. And but I think it's just all experience. I think this is a group of guys that have been together doing this for now. This will be season three with which how the penalty kills ran. There's a potential there. And even the goal that Regina got, it's just off the it's a bank off the wall. Yeah, like, it's just an active board that kicks out in your favor and mm-hmm. it's in the back of your net. And yeah. I even mentioned this to Josh Mazer when we talked on Last Saturday against Saskatoon, how a guy, I said, the law of averages, you're not going to be perfect the whole season. But last year, the Tigers were giving up one power play goal every game, it felt like. Right. They, and they were 500. But it just dropped your average right away. And now you're at, what, 94, 93%? Tell you right, right now, now, I'm looking at it. They're at 92.9% on the penalty kill. They are third right. in the WHL. Is there, is there a team with a clean sheet still? Yep. Vancouver's number one with 100% on the penalty kill. That's impressive. Lethbridge coming in at number two at 93.8. Leth Vegas. But it just, it, it's one of those things like, like, like it, it, you mentioned, uh, there's a light that's flashing in here. It's just, a, it's a phone. That's all. Okay. Don't worry. I was like, it's not why? the fire alarm. I was like, it's, fire alarm. it's yeah. yellow. Like, what are we doing yeah, no, here? No, <laughs> not the fire alarm. Uh, but gas leak. Last year, like, like you mentioned, there was always uh, a power play goal given up, it felt like, and it makes it almost impossible to win the special teams battle night after night. You're trying to just break even at that point. But it, like, with the development that the PK has kind of gone through and even look back to a couple years ago when I remember Reed Andreessen's, one of his first assignments with the team was picking up penalty kill time as a forward and a defenseman on the penalty kill and how that's kind of transformed into seeing other guys that step up and take opportunities. Tyler McKenzie kind of leads the way in that regard as mm-hmm. well. But this is a this is kind of opening the the possibility to to win special teams more often night after night. Well, in the three components that you've kind of mentioned or that I've seen, there's two guys always out together, and it's Shane Smith and Hunter St. Martin. Yeah, what better pair of penalty killers do you want out there? And you mix in a dash of Hayden Harsani, who's been doing it a little bit as a as a 16 year old. There's a there's a little bit of a con, uh, contingency plan with the penalty kill for yeah. how the Tigers are going to go about their business this year, and it's 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 great to see. I think as and even yeah, like reflecting on the game, like if that's the worst you are all year because of all the things that happen, like that's oh, not so bad. Okay, that's sure. not so bad at all. You, you got me. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> okay, Regina, you got us this time. Yeah. But. Yeah. Well, also we saw Regina the debut. Of Blake Ekram Bratton, what did you uh, what did you like of his game? Uh, well, I I know he didn't get a whole lot of ice time there in the second and third as you're down three. I think it's a really it's a really neat story actually, and I know there's some personal aspects to it, and I won't really go into them here. It's not like he's come from the woodwork and right. doing all, but there's a, some things that have happened with his family, and it was just a really nice sight to see, and it was a chance for him to show himself. He was playing forward, so not in his perfect spot, but if he was. I think he's big and he's strong, and I I thought this would have been the moment, just the way the game had gone. Who and he's a gigantic man. Mm-hmm. That would have been the time to drop him and say, you know what, have a Brett Calhoun type have a of Brett show Calhoun <laughs> kind of show. Yeah, it would have been a heck of a show. Right, and I think that would have turned the tide if somebody wanted to fight somebody. 
and I thought maybe he might do it, but he didn't. He didn't, you know, not enough sample size for me. Right. And I don't know what that means for his tenure uh, going forward with the Tigers. I'm sure they've they still, it's pretty populated in that dressing room still. still there's, yeah. there's quite a few bodies there, and Vasil Spilk is coming, right? Right. So, both. Which I believe he's still, here, right? He's, he's here. He's, getting, he's yeah. here. He's got some work to do. And so is there a chance that we see him this weekend, or is it still too uh, premature for that? I don't think you'll see him this weekend. I think you might see him in BC. Yeah. Probably the first time you'll get to see him is when the Tigers have five home games in a row after the BC road trip, and with the U-17s right around the corner and things like that. Uh, so yeah. I kind of I see it that way with him. But, yeah, for Blake Eckerd and Bratton, I think he just you know what, got into his first Western Hockey League game. I don't know where it goes from here for him, but I hope he, you know what, is still working and grinding. Uh, you never know if Matthew Pranch has gone to the U-17s or something like yep. that. And there's, there's another opportunity between him and Nate Corbett to get some minutes. Yeah, you never know when those chances kind of pop up. Um, can the Tigers get over the Broncos hump Friday? Oh, please. And God, well, sure. I guess The Broncos are today. looking pretty good right now. They yeah. that had a big win against Brandon yesterday, winning 6-2, to two, and – uh, who did they beat? Who did they beat before that? Um, oh, they beat Calgary. They beat them three nothing. They've got all their guys back. I I hope so, because you could see a real big swing in the central if you don't. But they're they're very similar to the Tigers, right? I agree. Like just from uh, I mean a, a roster point of view, when you kind of take a bird's eye view, they roll basically all four lines. They. Josh Feldman's going to score fifty. Yeah, yeah, you know, you know, they're going to have uh, maybe a little bit more on the high end scoring department with Feldman, right? But I, I think their blue line is is really similar as well with mm-hmm. a, a mix of size and skill. Guys that just like to move the puck quickly, and I, I mean the the combo that they have in net looks pretty solid as well. Yeah, obviously, Rocha so. and Dick have been really good. Uh, I know Rocha got the shutout against Calgary, and no, that's like. Like Swift started extremely slow, like yeah, really bad, but not as slow as last year. So, uh, still no Owen Pickering though, correct? I don't think so. I haven't heard. I don't think he's. Believe he wasn't he injured there in Pittsburgh. Yeah, but, so yeah, I, don't, I had I hadn't looked at. I haven't. I'm going to be doing do a lot of Swift Google. current prep today. No, so that's kind of my agenda. But how important is it going to be? Because oh, I mean, huge. it feels like that's kind of the separator to to maybe gain some ground in the in the division. No. Well, uh, you want to? Oh, I'm. Like you I mean, t- you want to win every divisional game, yeah, obviously. Yeah, but you you want to separate from Swift before BC. I think you want. I think the goal, that, like I kind of had looked at the start of the week, like okay, let's look at their realistic department here. Yeah, you you know beat Regina, didn't happen. Right. Hopefully beat Swift. That's up in the air. That would and be cool. And do your best against Moose Jaw is kind of where I'm at there because I think Moose Jaw is really going to start to roll. But then again, they're moving pieces in and out and. There's some rumors of what they might be trying to also acquire, and Denton Matejchuk isn't back yet. Right. So that really, I don't think we've even seen what Moose Jaw is going to be this year, as of yet. So I think they're looking for a goalie. In, yeah, in Moose Jaw, I don't think Jackson Unger is going to cut it. And yeah, it was interesting in in talking with with James Gallo and kind of because we kind of poked a little bit around it because you look on the outside right and he's an 05 born goaltender that's he's your goalie next year expected to carry the mail this year as of right now um it just didn't seem like it made a ton of sense but i don't know that there's a whole lot of other options to them right now regardless and, and the to be honest the the pickings are slim yeah that's so trying to find what i mean somebody. right there's just not a whole lot out there like you got 
what you got maybe if Thomas Millich comes back from Seattle. Yeah. If Seattle makes a deal. Um, They'd then have to clear. You have to clear another 20. For another 20. Because Rysabby's coming back. I mean, I yeah. don't think anyone claimed Beckett Lankow. Nope. He I could be a guy so. that could easily be either you want him as a backup or as your starter. He's got the experience in the WHL. Yeah. I know. I mean, I, I'm still surprised that. That Calgary hasn't picked up the phone on Beckett yeah. yet. I was very surprised about that too because of how Ethan Bonaventura started the year. Because yeah. Alex Garrett, and over talk, this is the most Calgary Hitman chat we've right, had in yeah. a while. Is he got their win against uh, Saskatoon? And right. He looked really good here. Yeah. I thought he was excellent here. So, so maybe they like that a little bit more. I don't know, but you got an eight eighty. But another team, yeah, is Moose Jaw, and I just now you'd you'd have to clear another overage spot to make it work, yeah. and I don't know that they really want to do that. Somebody's got to get hurt. Yeah, that's what's going to have to be. <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah, which would be the, an unfortunate deal. Yeah. yeah, but Moose Jaw, and and we talk about this when we talk to James. Like on paper, this should be the year. Like this year, next year, Moose Jaw on 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 paper. Moose Jaw's got to get scared. it done this year. Because I, I don't so. think when gonna... Den comes back, assuming that he does. Yeah, and then you have Braden Yeager. And Jagger Furcus. Mm-hmm. Like oh. those three alone are very dangerous. Braden Jaeger, I don't think got enough credit how good he was last year. No. And he ended up and he ended up being picked to Pittsburgh. Oh no, I get to work with Sidney Crosby for a little bit. Thank you. Yeah, that's tough. <laughs> like how great was like and he remember him and Riley Height were in that same sort of conversation with Connor Bedard for exceptional status. Right. With those O fives. Yeah. And they didn't get it, but Bedard get, did, and whatever. That's what's happened. But Braden Yeager does not suck. No. He is Mr. Everything. Like, I think he'll be that great two-way forward in the NHL and maybe that top six. And But he's going he's gonna to play for a long time. Mm-hmm. I, I, I firmly believe that unless something completely goes off the shoot there. and You won't find anybody with more talent than Jagger Furkus in his hands. Oh, just Filled. And he was what like a fourth rounder, I think, in the in the dub draft. Yeah, and that worked out pretty well. It was something like that. I think just a kid from Irma, Alberta, or whatever. Yep. Yeah, just another is, place like Sesford. Just all you can do is read and shoot pucks out there. But it, it kind of feels <laughs> like yeah, right? It's Irma and Sesford. What do they have in common? <laughs> shoot pucks. Um, it, it maybe it's oversimplifying, but sometimes I think you can just make the game pretty easy. And, and when it comes to game planning, and, and for Moose Jaw. It just feels like if you – like you can go one of two ways. Either focus your energy on shutting down Jaeger and Furcus because they'll probably end up playing together, mm-hmm. or you just don't let any secondary scoring beat you. I don't know which is easier. I'm not sure. Yeah, but, that's hard. But it, feel, it feels like to me the Tigers just are able to roll all four that like you, you have to think that – I mean, Jaeger and Furcus are going to get theirs. They're, they're good players. Yeah. They're going to find ways. They're going to get one or two on you. And so if you just isolate – the rest of the lineup and, and, you know, have your quote unquote second line beat their quote unquote second line and, and so on and so forth. You're, you're going to have a pretty good, darn good night. Might have to, cause I mean, they're hot That's right how they now. beat them last time. Yeah. They beat them three times last year that way. They yeah. started on two. They're on a three game winning streak as we're recording this right now. So, I mean, Furkus just got player of the week. That's yeah. a good point though. Like when you look back at last year, that was how the Tigers had success against them was the, they were the able top to top guys got a couple goals, but that's all they got, right? Like they shut down the others and, and the Tigers had depth scoring. Who was uh the Warriors goaltender last year? Connor Unger. Connor Unger, not Jackson. 
Oh, yeah, because Tigers really knew how to shoot on him. Yeah. High glove. High glove. Yeah. And it went in every time. Yeah. Or if you're Braden Bame, low glove. <laughs> yes. Anywhere your, in the glove. I have yeah. not seen the Braden Bame patented low glove yet. No? No. He I hasn't was. done the sprinting down the left wing and then snapping a shot. No, we, he hasn't because he's always come down the right wing side. He's got his one hand on the puck and one hand f- pushing right. the guy off. That, that is the other patented move of Braden Bame. Yeah, the Sort of like basketball move. Yeah, I do of. like the little box out. He just drives into him. <laughs> well, an Oasis does it too. He did it last night. Yeah. So, but if you're the strongest guy on the team, I mean, based off or of the fastest guy. On the yeah, team. I mean, yeah. based off of testing numbers, you probably should be driving the net. Yeah, it'd I'd be like, insane like if you didn't. North, south, less east, west. But yeah, yeah, I I think you could say Whatever. that about that entire line. If that line of of Bayham, Smith and St. Martin is going north, south instead of east, west, they're probably. Driving people through the end oh, walls Shane and Smith scoring is a like, bunch is like the is like the uh, icebreaker boat that goes through. Like he, he's going <laughs> north. Yeah, he he's going through. south. He's not going side to side. Yeah, that's true. I would love to see a weekend of just a bunch of goals in both games. For would the be Tigers. nice. It's like you, like it's seventeen like you're goals implying, for you're seems be... low to me for this team. How many? Seventeen goals for. Yeah. Well. It... Which the, team played pretty good, well against them, though. Yeah. So. I'm looking at the average. That seems to be kind of the average. I mean, Prince George scored way too many goals. They're like at 800 right goals. Yeah. They're just tearing up everybody. But I would love to see, like, we are getting the offense. Yep. I just kind of want to see, call me crazy, I want to see a blowout. You're just waiting for that, like, oh. Jesse wants more. I want eight, more nine goals. Spot. We yeah. want nine. Yeah, right? <laughs> I want. Like a, in the preseason when we were cheering yes. for more goals so that Gino yes. had to make more graphics. Yes, that's what I we want. wanted to just I want to hear Ric Flair's <laughs> woo all night Saturday night. Yeah, I thought we were going to change it to the LA night. I thought hey, we were you have that. more power yeah. to change that than we do. I've only been at one game, dude. That's I've been in. Yeah, yet. you guys have really dropped the ball yet. so far. Yeah, I haven't been yeah. there yet. Our season starts Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> That's what our year gets going. Although I think I missed another game, one more game this year. Oh, good. Oh, That's great. great. November, my season. I, I was gonna, I was gonna say like a, a two, like I mean a Tuesday night game against like. Uh, Prince Albert would be okay for you to miss. Oh, I love right. those games because I'm even louder because it's a little bit more empty. Yeah. So then I get in the ticked off, tickled pink era because <laughs> that guy's too loud. Yeah. Heaven forbid you go to a hockey game oh, yeah, and it's that's too loud. Yeah, that's a classic. <laughs> um, last one because I wasn't obviously here for the the last weekend uh, of games. But well, you're not wearing sunglasses anymore, so you have recovered. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was wearing sunglasses <laughs> at media avails the other day. Um, Oh, but yeah. it, I would imagine say what Gino did at the media avail you, get them yeah, all worked tell, up tell again. Story first. Well, you accidentally were shushing the uh, <laughs> the gallery, which the GM and head coach of the Medicine Hat Tigers, well, Will Desjardins. First of all, let's rewind back even further. Yeah. Oh, Tigers Uncaged is going to come to the media avail. I'm like, I mean, we were um, there. Okay, yeah, sure. We like, do your thing. And Willie uh, comes out. And you usually get one coach per week or like per media avail. So one day it's Joe, and the other day it's it's Will. <laughs> he's done, and he, he saw you or you out of the corner of his eye. He's like, hey! <laughs> I was like, oh. like hey, Willie wants to talk, we'll sit and talk. Oh, I, I 100%. And I, I was excited to see him. And I'm then, just glad it was well, reciprocated. We had yeah. Tigers and Two being shot, and Josh DeBook, our new uh, media services manager, was like, Cheat, and he talks very quietly because I've told you need to start yelling at people or else people won't take you seriously. Yeah, I won't hear you. And Oh, I definitely won't. And he's like, Gino, can it be quiet, please? I was like, Quiet on the set, <laughs> and Willie was like mid sentence, and then just stopped. I was like, "Yeah, oh my god, yep. you just I just and then shushed then left like, us. I just shushed a guy who's probably gonna have is like 
one of the greatest coaches in Western Hockey League history. Yeah. Just shushed yeah. Him. yeah. We never got to finish our conversation with no, him. No, we'll never know how to he's doing. To be continued on that one. I guess. So. Well, it'll never get picked back up because I don't remember where <laughs> it left off. But, but yeah, you did do that. And I was afraid for my life. Truly. Like, I was Truly. I was sweating bullets when I did that. But uh, back but not being there last weekend, it like obviously you're going to ride mini highs and lows. That's the season. I would imagine, though, that – you know, vibes are still pretty good all around for this 100%. team, considering, you know, they're playing pretty playing, darn good hockey. Yeah. Playing great. And I even was texting uh, the the, the uh, old lady yesterday on the way home, and she's like, you guys started out so well. Like, we lost one game. Yeah. <laughs> like, technically, this team has got seven out of a possible ten points so far. It's pretty damn good. That's a really good percentage. Yeah. So and I wasn't. I didn't actually talk to her like that way, but I just said, we only lost one game. This yeah. isn't a big deal. That's like, the first regulation loss. I mean, now you're three one and one according to the WHL X page right now. Going into the weekend, wait, you're did still you say first place. X? Oh, X page. I was like, I don't know if it's Twitter or X. Oh yeah. Are you Twitter, on that trade? It's Twitter to me. Well, it still says Twitter.com, but I mean the icon says yeah, X. But the WHL page thing. as of right now, before the weekend, Tigers still in first place at three one and one. Regina coming in at number two. Experience which is, Regina. Uh, yeah. How was your experience? <laughs> it was awful. Brad yeah. is a beautiful rink, though, I will say. Like, I do Did it like, smell like farm? It didn't smell like farm this oh, time. It usually, usually has a does. Nice farm scent. Yeah. I feel like Brant. Like, you know how some like hotels in Vegas will like put a scent in like the, the air filters almost? Yep. I feel like the Brant Center just has farm, oh, and that's be. their scent. Yeah. No, West Toba Place actually probably smells more like farm. I love that Brandon. It's an intro. So good. No, I, I, I didn't smell a thing, but there was a lot going on. There, I was going <laughs> to say there was a lot happening. And a lot of scrambly. And you've never seen a bus unload so fast. No, I life. believe that. Holy Dinah. I believe That's that. a tough one. But, I mean, if, if you – No excuses. If you look at the second and third period, I think the Tigers, they played very well. Had a bad start. They yeah. just couldn't find the back of the net. I mean – Last question that I have, and then we'll be done. Okay. Um, is there anything to read into Zahara getting a look? Ooh, you know what? I haven't even been to the ring today. Okay. So I, I, I don't know. I think no shot at Ethan McCallum. I think Zach Zahara saved his life two weeks ago. Well, not like McCallum's life. Zahara saved his own life two weeks ago in Swift Current. Right. Yep. Gave himself a shot to be at least still here. I think he'll back up May tomorrow. I'm, I'm assuming Evan May is going to go unless – Obviously, he played the two periods here. Maybe it's no, you a, never know. Maybe it's a Zach Zahara tryout because he was pretty good against Swift. So. That's, I never thought about that. Zahara was good against Swift. Do you put him in there? Because now there was but there Swift was always didn't talk have a whole lot of players. Yeah. That, that those two young were. kids are going to battle it out to find out who's going to get the number two spot. You can't keep this yeah. three carousel going on all year. Yeah, uh, there's just could you get Zahara in Swift and then you go back with May on Saturday? Don't know. I think I'd, you if you won with McCallum on. Well, yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. that was yesterday. That was still yesterday, I know. And, or earlier um, today, depending on how you look at it. Yeah, when I got home, you guys were just coming into work. I yeah, think. that's right. Um, I I think if McCallum had won yesterday, I think it might have been Swayed the end. things. Yeah. It might have just swung and it's going to be May McCallum. Right. But I don't know right now. And I Willie's all about giving everybody a shot. And I think now he has to give no. Zach Sahara his shot. Yep. What day that is. Who knows? I don't have a clue. They don't yeah, think it's going to happen during the BC road trip. Mm, well, Evan May's going to play. I don't know. Games. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's not to get you to tell tales. It's more just like the the longer it goes on, I, I got to think too. As 
like I talked to a few people that are goalies, and it's like it's hard when there's three because you, you don't really know how things are, are going, and there's just a bit of uncertainty when there's three goalies in the room. And only one's really playing. Right. Like May's it, playing a lot. Well, I mean, if you're the one not being dressed, I mean, that kind of stinks a little bit. Yeah. Right? You're sitting there, and you're pretty much just practicing. There's no shot well, of you, you getting in the, right now. You weren't right? on the bus yesterday. Yeah. You, were, you went to school yesterday, and yeah. I think. So it's just it, it's a it's an interesting spot, but I just don't know if. I guess my overarching question was: there, Does it feel like we're any closer to having a potential answer on the backup situation? Uh, I'm going to say no. Okay. <laughs> that's fair. I think maybe I'm guessing maybe by the BC road trip, that's something that's maybe decided. Yeah. Because you want if you're not going to take goalie B or C, yeah. you need to find that goalie B or C a home. Yes. Yeah. Eventually, right? Because Willie that's is right. very good, and he even mentioned it with the Hannes trade that. If guys aren't getting the looks, aren't getting the attention that he believes they deserve, he's going to find them a home to make sure they get uh, the Braden Wynn. Yeah, Braden Wynn, same deal. Exactly the same. So, And I'm sure the goalies don't like hearing it and or knowing about it, but they have phones. I know I've said that a couple of times. Everybody's got a phone. They're looking. Mm-hmm. What team well, and you're, goalie, and you're right? well aware too, though, right? Like you, you're you're pretty aware of. I mean, you're in the room, and there's three goaltenders. There's only uh, typically there's only two. The design of a that dressing room that's designed for two goalie souls. Yeah, yeah. Like it, yeah. it, it doesn't take a lot to to understand where you're at yeah. in the kind of the situation. But no, I was just curious if if I, that was, I don't think it is unless. And I, I'm. Th- this is nothing to say that like you know more, right? Oh, it's I like, don't know it is what, what it is. I don't know a damn but, thing. No. But it was just you're the closest one to it, and I think a lot of people are. That's starting a good to conversation. It's fair. Right? I, I I don't think we're any closer on that. Like, but I I would firmly think like because are you going to take three goalies into BC? In my mind, you you probably shouldn't. are, but you 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 might you might. But I, I it it's also one of those things like you know when you you have to do something that you really don't want to do. So you just kind of prolong it, and then that, that feeling just kind of feels worse and worse in yeah. your gut, and then it just kind of hangs over you. Yeah. Like, you don't want it to get to that point on, on a tough decision. Obviously, you want to make the right one, and you want to make sure you have every like well, all and, the details in place. But and, and if you want to do logistics a little bit, I know we're kind of up against it. I know we have no time on podcast, No, not really. But, it's more just for your community. Uh, oh, I don't care. I'm, I'm not going to be doing a whole lot today, just my game notes. So um, – Zahara can't go back to Asaha mm-hmm. or wherever this year. He's in 05. Mm-hmm. McCallum can. Do oh. you risk that? Mm-hmm. Do you want it? And does McCallum want that? Yeah. I To be honest, if I'm Ethan McCallum, I don't want to go back. No, but that's I almost backed up last year. Yeah. That's but it might save face if you're that kind of person. I mean, and the, you're not losing anyone well, then, right? And guess what? I like push something. Hopefully nothing happened. And... Uh, what's coming around the corner next season, Jordan Switzer? Yeah, and it's also tough if you're if you're Ethan McCallum looking at it and saying there's going to be a lot of eyes on this team as as the year progresses, and I would have a potential opportunity to get more eyes on me for a draft spot, possibly in the later yes. rounds of the NHL draft is is draft year. So mm-hmm. um, that's another element to things too, right? In a personal sense, you kind of obviously you want to be in for a multitude of reasons, but. When you look at the future, it's like, am I going to get more looks at Saha or am I going to get yeah. more looks well, no, mixing into a couple games NHL with the Tigers? I going to draft you if you're playing Saha. Don't think that's happening. Don't There's think the, so. There was that one random kid from Calgary that got drafted and he was playing uh, was playing U18. Okay, uh, it happens. Re- it happens, but 
That kid hasn't played a game it's in the not NHL. Common. So. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, but I don't no, know. I digress. A big weekend, though. Busy, busy, and big weekend. Too. They're all big in the Western Hockey League. Every game's a big game. Oh, yeah, yeah. You heard it here first. Gino, as always, we appreciate you spending some time with us, buddy. I appreciate you. More Tigers Uncaged on the way, powered by Windsor Plywood, everybody. More hockey talk on the way. Let's go, boys! It's Tigers Uncaged, powered by Windsor Plywood. The experts you need to know. When it comes to building or renovating, Windsor Plywood can put you on the power play. Their experienced and knowledgeable staff will help you find the finishing products you need to score big on your next project. From doors to floors and all the plywood in between, Windsor Plywood is the first choice for contractors and do-it-yourselfers. Visit Windsor Plywood today. Open 8 to 5 Monday to Friday and 9 to 1 Saturday at 2101 10th Avenue Southwest in Medicine Hat. Proud sponsor of Tigers Uncaged. More Tigers Uncaged with Jesse and Lance. Powered by Windsor Plywood. The experts you need to know. Welcome back. Tigers Uncaged, powered by Windsor Plywood. You know, they are the experts that you need to know. Well, thank goodness I do know them now. You're a homeowner now, so anything goes wrong, you want to build something, you go talk to Windsor Plywood, they'll point you in the right direction. Well, a condo owner, but not wrong. It's still home. No, yeah, yeah. Home is where the heart is. Home is where the heart is. And make sure you take Windsor Plywood with you. Uh, what an episode. This has been so cool. I, I have loved the fact the last two episodes, I know you weren't here last time, but right. we got a chance to talk to Scott Roblin about Saskatoon. And I am enjoying talking to these other teams just because I really only follow the Medicine Hat Tigers. That's kind of where the heart is. Right, yeah. So I don't really know anywhere else is going on. And to learn more about these teams, yep. like Saskatoon and Mooshaw could be heavy hitters. And I mean, with this yeah. trade now that Mooshaw did, they have to be almost on that pedestal where they're that team that James was talking about, that there was right. no, that's the team. Yeah. Mooshaw on paper now looks like that's the team. Yes. I, I, I mean, even beforehand, I kind of thought they were in my mind. Granted, I didn't see the Saskatoon game and I didn't see them play, but I'm familiar enough with them that I still think Mooshaw was ahead before the deal. Um They've set the market for trades, though. Like they, they've kind of set the bar on on where deals are going to be this season in the league, right? If you're the first team in, you kind of get to set the expectation for yeah. everyone else. And well, I, I talked to a, a couple people uh, around the Western Hockey League that they're a little bit more familiar with the players, and I just asked them, like, "Hey, what's what's your thought on on the trade?" Because in my mind, I looked at it and thought, "Okay, it might be." It might be a little steep of a price, but if it's good, then then what am I to say? And the the thought back was, okay, maybe a bit of an overpay, slightly, maybe paying a bit more than you had to, but you got two very, very good 19-year-olds that are going to come in and help drive different aspects. In the case of Kalen Parker, I mean, he's probably going to be a top-flight defenseman, top-pairing defenseman with Denton Matejchuk. And if not, they have the option to split Matejchuk and Parker up now, and that bolsters, I mean, two-thirds of your D-pairings. So, Or is this the guy that takes over Denton? Because maybe in their mind they think that maybe he's not coming back. No, it sounded like like I heard I heard media from general manager Jason Ripplinger, which sounded like Matejchuk, there was, they have every intention that he's Denton coming Matejchuk's back. coming back. Um, and, and then Braden Sherman adds a secondary scoring, right? We were talking with... James, just about 
where do, do the goals come from outside of, of Jaeger, Furkus, you know, Matejchuk, etc., and that there's going to be some heavy lifting to do secondary, and well, I guess Sherman plugs that gap. So, anyway, if if your price for that is two firsts, a second, a third, and a fifth, and wow. then an 18-year-old forward in Ben Reich, now now you know where the, where the targets are set, right? I mean, you're, you're going to have to package together, what is that, five picks and, and a roster player to – to pull two 19-year-olds out. So what is the price on on 119 if yeah. they're really good? Probably still a couple firsts. Like that seems like it's going to be attached to any big deal in my mind at least. Yeah. So Yeah, cuz last year those trades really did get out of hand. It, it was yeah, just incredible it, to see some of these trades. But the market was set early, right? Yeah. Like it, one of the first trades I remember was Jakob Demick going from from Edmonton to Kamloops and I, I can't remember if it was a first or two firsts or, or what that trade ended up being, but I remembered it was the one where, like, okay, that kind of sets the market, yeah. and then there was, what was it, Nolan Allen going to Seattle. That that really That was crazy because didn't Prince Albert got, like, a ton of picks in that yeah. one, wasn't it? Yeah, there was a lot that went on there. So, in any case... Um, well, are we, do you think we see these new Warriors in the lineup Saturday I night? Would, I would imagine so. I would think that they might even be in... in I think they're in Lethbridge tonight. So I You're think right. they they yeah. might even be in yeah. Lethbridge, and if not, they'll probably be in the lineup for for tomorrow. Because you got to think too. At the same time, they've traded out uh, a roster player in, in Ben Reich that they probably want to at least get Sherman Someone into the lineup. Um, they've also right, been moving Eric Allry. He was a twenty year old that's gone. So um, they've been doing a lot. Yeah. So They're making some moves. It'll be interesting to see them at co-op place. Should be a great game as well. Uh, I cannot wait. The Tigers are in action this weekend. Both games you can hear at Wild 94.5. Friday night, Swift Current. Saturday night, Moose Jaw. Mm. It's going to be a busy one. As always, we appreciate you listening to the podcast, and uh, we'll see you next week. It's Tigers Uncaged, powered by Windsor Plywood. Thanks to all who contributed to this edition of Tigers Uncaged. Powered by Windsor Plywood, the experts you need to know. New episodes come out every Friday. Get it at wild945.ca and wherever you get your podcasts. Tigers Uncaged.